0: Replay, Understanding the Value of PPC Marketing for Your Firm with Adam Arkfeld, Episode 298. Are you ready to make your law firm a profit-generating machine that will free up your time and skyrocket your impact? With more than two decades of business growth experience and having proven that you can be successful while prioritizing your family and your impact, Introducing the Profit With Law podcast. I am your host, the creator of the firm differentiator 10x effect, Moshe Amsel. Well, hello and welcome to another amazing guest interview here on the Profit With Law podcast. I'm your host, Moshe Amsel, and today I've got somebody special for you. Uh, there's a ton of marketers out there. There are. And you know what? One of the biggest things that firm owners uh, tell me is, you know, their gripe or their, when I tell them, Hey, go do some LinkedIn outreach or do some uh, you know, some marketing on Facebook. And they say, well, hold on a second. I get, I get these messages in my LinkedIn mailbox all the time from people who are just trying to connect with me and they all are selling marketing services. And it's a big problem in the legal industry where the good marketers are few and far between. There's just a handful of them. And there's a lot more marketing agencies out there. And whenever I get an opportunity to meet a marketer who has a specific niche that they're really good at or uh, works exclusively with attorneys or brings uh, some level of experience to the table where they have a track record and they have a message to share, I get really excited because it helps with our listeners who are listening to this show too. Uh, reduce some of that overwhelm to be able to navigate that marketing conversation with a little bit more knowledge, just a little bit smarter. Uh, so I'm super excited to be having a conversation with yet another marketer, but um, this one specializes in Google PPC. And I'm excited about that because I know, I mean, I specifically have clients who they're they're in a high volume transactional business where PPC is the name of the game. Uh, and I, I'm excited to dive into that conversation to see is PPC for everybody and uh, how do you navigate you know, budgeting for it and, and selecting the provider that you want to work with and who knows where else the conversation will take us as well. So I'm going to introduce our guest in just a moment. But before I do that, let's take a moment and hear from our sponsors. Finding amazing employees is the toughest job for any business and especially for a law firm. You deserve to be the law firm owner you've always wanted to be, but you can't get there without a great team. Get Staffed Up helps you build your all-star team by staffing your law firm with incredible full-time offshore virtual assistants. Work with Get Staffed Up to save money and your biggest resource, time, while they find you the best English-speaking VAs in the world. Hashtag delegate your way to freedom. To learn more, go to ProfitWithLaw.com forward slash get staffed up. ProfitWithLaw.com forward slash get staffed up. Thanks to our sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior virtual receptionist service for small businesses. They specialize in working with solo and small law firms. I discovered Smith AI a couple of years ago and was blown away by the range of services, which are available at a cost any attorney, even those of you in the smallest solo practice can afford. Their friendly receptionists respond to potential clients in English or Spanish, screen and schedule new leads, and even take payment for consoles. The best part is, they don't just handle these conversations by phone. They also have live agents and chatbots capturing leads on websites and via text message. If there's one growth hack, to your practice, this is it. Smith's friendly gatekeepers can staff your front lines. They'll capture new leads while you work uninterrupted. You can finally have the peace of mind that while you're working, you're not missing out on future work. Plans start at just $210 a month for calls and $140 a month for chats. They even offer a totally free chatbot, so there's no excuse. Try Smith AI today and see for yourself why attorneys like Justy Nickel in Colorado say Smith AI receptionists are the secret to business growth and client happiness. Smith AI offers a free trial and podcast listeners can get an extra $100 discount with promo code ProfitLaw100. That's ProfitLaw100. Sign up and learn more at www.smith.ai. Trust me when I say, don't let another day go by. Try Smith AI. And we're back. Our guest today is Adam Arkfeld. Now, Adam is the founder and president of Prevail Legal Marketing, a PPC agency for high-growth law firms that guarantees lead costs so you can advertise without fear. Too often, marketers don't have skin in the game. At Prevail, they think marketers should share in the advertising risk and deliver predictable results using an established track record of performance. You know, that's kind of like a contingency-based law firm where if you don't get a win for the client, you don't get paid. But if you do, you get paid nicely. So uh, I'm curious to know exactly how that works. So we're going to jump in and we're going to find out. Uh, But without further ado, I'm going to bring Adam on the show. Adam, how are you?
1: Good, Moshe. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. Welcome. Uh, So people always want to know who's this this guy we're about to hear from for the next 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes. Um, Not trying to scare you away from the fact that we might be here for an hour um but we don't we don't typically (laughs) go that long but people want to know who you are so give me the broad strokes backstory if you have an exciting story like like a near-death experience then share that with us but um how how did you end up serving law firms how did you end up marketing give us give us some of those broad strokes
1: yeah um i appreciate that and i i have uh, i don't have any near-death experiences um so yeah i'm trying to think about that um you know, I'm going to interrupt
0: you for one second. So I just did an interview last week. It hasn't, at the time that this gets re- released, that one will have also been released. And my guest was, he was talking about something and he was like, yeah, you know, um, that I, I was in a plane crash and blah, blah, blah. And he just, kind of, he's like that, you know, that's a long story and we don't want to get into that today. And he moved on and I was like, hold, hold your horses. Wait a second. You were in a plane crash and you want me to just fly by it and we're not going to talk about it give me the details, please. So, um, now I, now I add in, you know, like, Hey, if you have a near death experience, we need to know that because those are, those make for some really good stories, but let's hear about you, even if you never came near death.
1: Well, you know what I thought about when you said near death experiences? Um, I I've done some coaching programs. We were just talking about coaching a little bit. And one of the programs I'm in, they talk about, dying every day to be reborn into someone different the next day. And so the first thing I thought of was like, I've got, done some of these like experiences which are real um, extreme and like emotionally dying or like psychologically dying. So anyways, that's for another conversation. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, I fell completely into marketing. I was in commercial real estate in 2007, market crashed. And my company, um, I have a computer science background. So I just started building websites with a buddy of mine. So that was 12 years ago. Um, I have another agency, it's called Paracor, And Paracor was a digital marketing agency that built websites. As the company progressed, I realized just from a business perspective, building websites is, it's just not my favorite type of business um, to do. Project-based, like, no one ever really seems that happy after a website is launched. It's sort of like this long laborious process and then it's like finally getting across the finish line. Um, so we ended up switching over to paid advertising about six years ago and just being exclusively PPC. So we do Google ads, but we also do about 50% of our business is Facebook ads. So Google and Facebook are are huge for us. Um, And then about a year ago, we just started seeing, and it was right around when the pandemic started, you know, we just kind of started noticing, like attorneys get kind of screwed in marketing. I mean, I I won't say kind of, I'll just say they will. Um, You know, when it comes down to it, a lot of aspects of legal marketing are not that difficult. compared to other types of marketing, where it's maybe a little bit more omni-channel. A Google PPC campaign for a criminal defense attorney, bankruptcy attorney, PI attorney, once you've got good performance in a market, it's not that difficult to replicate it across other markets. And so in my opinion, for an attorney, for a a marketing company to charge 20 to 30% of a $20,000 ad spend is a little bit, Um, the incentives are not aligned, right? Because the Mm -hmm. marketing company is just getting compensated for spending more. And that's the traditional advertising model, right? You like place media, you take a percentage of the placement. And so if it's TV or radio, that's how full service agencies work. And I can't tell you how many clients, legal, -legal, non-legal said, I don't understand why just because we're spending more, you're getting paid more. And if I spend twice as much, are you really doing twice as much work? And uh, I mean, The the reality is marketing companies are not doing twice as much work. I guarantee that. Um, I know a lot of agencies. It's just behind the doors. They're not. So the model I thought was broken. So we switched the model where we guarantee lead prices and we don't take a retainer, but then we have a performance guarantee and we have to um, create a margin underneath that lead price in order for us to make money.
0: Yeah. So that's very interesting. Um, And and it's so true. You know, what's interesting is, is that I've been talking on this podcast uh, for a long time, about the the law firm's billable hour and how a the, the whole model of the billable hour puts the lawyer at odds with their client mm-hmm. because it's in your best interest to have the attorney do as much of the work as possible to have the paralegal do as much of the work as possible to not have other people on your team who you can't bill do any of the work and to track every every second that you're doing to perhaps I, I, I'm not I'm not saying anybody is doing this but take longer than necessary. Like it's not not that you try to take longer, but you're not incentivized to finish quickly. The more that it drags out, the more the more money you make. Um, so that whole model puts the attorney at odds with their client as far as where their interests are with, you know and, and aligning their interests. And I find it very interesting that you, you, you came to the same conclusion with, with marketing agencies and, and how they work. With clients, um, and it's not just in the legal business; it's it, it, it's anywhere, right? Um, and you know, so so I I love the idea of tying the the fee to results um, instead of some other indicator or metric. So, how does that work exactly?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, so, the way that it works currently is. We, uh, we build campaigns just like a lot of other PPC agencies or even Facebook. There are certain types of services that can do quite well on Facebook. We do bankruptcy quite well on Facebook, um, you know, whereas you know some other ones don't do as well. Um, but we take a retainer upfront. Uh, we are, char- we are um, compensated ahead of time because we incur the ad spend risk. So we are paying the ad spend. And what we say is uh, if the price per lead, let's say is $100, um, that we've established because you're in a certain market with a certain product, with a certain um, service, a certain legal service, like personal injury is obviously more expensive than bankruptcy. We'll say, hey, uh, your lead is going to be guaranteed at $100 per lead. Um, uh, if you want 50 leads for the month, uh, you pay us $5,000 at the beginning of the month. We start the advertising, we deliver the leads. And as the leads are delivered, it credits basically against that retainer. If we don't hit 50 leads by the end of the month, let's say we hit 40 leads. We'll invoice you for $4,000 to replenish back up to 50, and we'll just try and change our marketing to get closer to 50. If our advertising is not effective, so a lot of times attorneys are concerned about, hey, can this marketer perform? What's their track record? Blah, blah, blah. If we're not effective, we guarantee the price per lead. We will lose money. And I have lost money on campaigns that have mispriced before. And I don't mean lost money like, oh, I'm not going to charge you a retainer. I'm losing time. I mean, I've literally stroked checks for thousands of dollars because I just mispriced the lead, and and our marketing was off. So clearly, we try and right size that, or fix it, or you know, there's a couple different ways you can do that. But we guarantee the price of the lead throughout a month, and then we deliver on that, and we incur the ad spend. Yeah,
0: I, I I really, I, you know, hats off to you for. Dipping into this into this pool, right? Dipping your toe into that water and trying to navigate and figure out a model that would work. Uh, clearly, this makes sense to do from a business perspective, if you can find a way to get really good at what you're doing so that you're charging for the value that somebody's getting. They know my, you know my exposure is capped, and I I have results I can expect to receive. And you on your side get to figure out how can we get them the best leads at the lowest cost and, and increase the spread that we're making in between. Um, so you really are motivated to get very efficient and really good at what you do. And at the same time, the client is has everything going for them because they, they know I'm only going to spend X amount per lead. So now I have a much better idea of my potential profitability, because if I know how, what my conversion rate is from lead to sale to, to attainment of a client, and I know what my average collection from a client is, now I can, I can tie a cost to that and I can figure out, is this a marketing avenue that makes financial sense for me?
1: Yeah. And by reframing the conversation around a price per lead, instead of advertising spending retainer, What it does is it completely changes the mindset around the value of a lead. So when we're running ads and we're incurring the ad spend risk, you know, we say, and this is, this is important for us. If we generate a phone call for you and you don't answer the phone call, that's a lead and attorney, you know, some attorneys don't like that. They're like, well, why would you charge spending into the call? It's like, well, you know, we're running ads and we generated a lead and we can't control if you answer the phone. However, when people are running retainer based campaigns with uh, an ad spending retainer on top of marketing agency, they don't think about that calls the the same way, right? They're like, oh, oh, okay. At the end of the month, you know, we got 20 calls. Oh yeah. I think I had 10 of them. And so what it does is it refocuses the attention on the variable that's the most important, which is the lead. And then what we find is that our attorney really, I mean, for better or worse for us, they really start looking at each lead and the quality and when it's coming in and really trying to even solve those problems themselves. Our model is very difficult for firms that don't have strong intake or someone to take the calls or really strong follow-up process because they see every single lead come in. We, we also document it in sheets live. And so they can very quickly determine the ROI of a campaign. Whereas I think with retainer-based models, it's fuzzier. You know, a lead they don't know exactly what a lead is. They're not like clear in real time what their lead counts are. And we just find that the clarity is either good or bad. It exposes a gap or it allows them to see that there's good return.
0: Yeah, it, very, I mean, this is, this is really mind boggling to even think about how powerful this can be and how amazing it can be. My question to you is, is okay, so let's say that somebody is weak on intake or, or whatever, they may not be a good fit. I want to get get to that because because I think that that's um, I think that's an important place to cover. But let's assume that somebody walks through the door and they're the ideal client, right? They they they've got a good system to to answer the phone, to go from from intake to um, you know to conversion, and that's not where their leaky bucket is, right? It's it's really on the front end that they just need to get more people coming through the door. So now they're the perfect slam dunk, you know, hey, we we should work together kind of client. Do they have any idea of what their cost per acquisition should be um, walking into that conversation? Or is that something that you need to help them navigate? And if it is something you need to help them navigate, walk us through the process that you use to help somebody determine, what, how much they can afford to spend on a lead and still be a healthy business from your perspective.
1: The way we do that is we look at, you know, what some of our other clients have reported back to understand their, you know, and, and we, we talk to a lot of clients and, and I can sense just even in a first conversation, if intake is strong or not, just by the confidence in which the attorney or marketing person talks about it. But if I'm walking into a conversation and there's a criminal, you know, defense attorney or something like that. And I I can benchmark, you know, kind of the numbers that they're talking about with other criminal defense attorneys that we're working with. So I think, I mean, the the math is very easy just from a fundamental perspective. It's okay. If it's a 10% close rate and the cost per lead is a hundred dollars, that's a thousand dollar retainer. So the math is easy. What those close rates are, you know, I like to um, give some ranges based on what I've seen with other attorneys. So, you know, criminal defense can be a little bit more tough. They don't have money um, a lot of times. They can do public defenders. So those close rates tend to be a little bit lower, maybe 15%. But others, like bankruptcy, um, bankruptcy evolves over time because people don't need to pull the trigger today. So bankruptcy might start off in the first 30 days at 15%, but might blend up to 25% over three months of follow-up. And so um I don't know if that answers your question exactly, but that's how we have the conversation. You know, from a from a management perspective of that, it's fairly simple. We throw all the leads into a sheet, phone calls, and form submissions, and then they can reconcile against that sheet. Hey, contact, no contact, lead, closing. And then they know their cost per lead at all times. It's not fuzzy. It wasn't, it's not different this month than it was last month and month before. It's a hundred dollars every month. And then they just do the math. And then we see, hey, you only contacted you know, 20% of the people that came in, I mean, you know, marketing is one thing, but also like the 20% contact rate is super low. So clearly there's a breakdown.
0: Right. Now, let me, um, let me ask you this. So when somebody comes in and they, you know, that you, you know, typically what the spend is going to be for their practice area, for the thing that they're, you know, that they're looking for. So, you know, you know, I can get you leads for this, cost obviously their close rate is going to have a significant impact on the profitability of those leads yeah, right sure. if they're closing one out of every two then their cost for acquiring a client is the cost of two leads if they're cl- closing one out of every five their cost for acquisition of a client is five leads so that's going to vary firm by firm do you have any process that you follow in the beginning to at figure out where they're at in their close rate and their close process to determine whether this is going to be a problem from the get-go. Um, there's a follow-up question to that, but let's t- let's talk about that first. Is that something that you're that you concern yourself with, or you kind of like leave that in their hands and you just say, "Look, this is what we can do."
1: I don't know if I'll say I have a really strong process for that yet. We have seen that issue present itself numerous times over the last year, as we've been um, building this model. What I will say is that we have um, more or less for now, at least stopped taking on clients that don't have an established intake um, because the, the mindset around the cost of a lead is a little bit prohibitive. Um, and, And, you know, the, uh, what, what I've learned is that a lot of times an individual attorney might pay you know, a larger company, some sort of marketing company, a thousand dollars a month and a $500 management fee or something. Let's say they're all in for 1500 bucks. And, like, and, and the mindset is sort of like, yeah, we're getting some leads, I'm closing some business, but like, there's not a strong like cost per lead. Like when I ask them what the cost per lead is, it's often kind of fuzzy or I'm not sure. With us, it's just, it's a stream of conversation through the entire um, uh, engagement. And so that becomes, so I, I guess that's where we typically try and qualify, like who, who's a good fit for us. And it's not necessarily, our services work for anybody, but it's more like the mindset of the, of the attorney. How do they think about the leads and do they actually look at them as like a value per lead? And do they look at it from the math perspective that we do? Because it is all math.
0: Right, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it depends on how far along in the business they are, but I think many law firms don't look at the numbers they just kind of like get this general sense of oh I need I need X number of, of clients right. in order for me to be able to, to pay all the bills um, because I know that in a month where I had this number of clients things worked pretty well so they they, they almost are like uh, using past experience and maybe their their bank balance um, you know bank account balance in order to 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 make their business decisions which is something that we talk about here all the time and. Um, we actually have, I don't know when this is, this is going to release, but we have a profit first training. We're going to be doing uh, a two-day workshop all around implementing the profit first system to understand your numbers and, 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 you know, and really control your, your flow. Um, but I, I think it's, it's interesting to, to note and, and, and I wonder if there's even an opportunity there. I know, um, uh, my friend Jordan Ostroff made that a focus of his um marketing agency to get involved in the sales process. So he helps his clients build out their their sales automation in Lomatics so that they can, once the lead comes in, they're actually he's actually helping control that process so that it's becoming clients and they're more likely to stick around, um, you know, as as clients, because even though yes, he's responsible for the leads, but if they don't do the right thing with those leads, ultimately you can you can show them from today till tomorrow how many leads you're bringing in. They're not going to have the revenue b- behind it, which means that they simply are not going to be able to keep continue paying that cost per acquisition because they have such a poor practice. After, um, I'm going to detour for a second because we you know we're we're um, tightly partnered with Smith AI. I want to just plug them here real quick. Um, you know, folks, if, if you don't have your phone being answered every single time it rings, um, I, I want to say it's almost criminal, right? You do so much work around your website, your Google My Business listing, um, it, and if you're paying for, for a marketing agency or for ads, then you've got that expense and that investment that you're doing. And to then have your phone ring and not have it answered. And I don't mean, oh, I don't have, I have a receptionist at the front desk. If you have a receptionist at your front desk, you absolutely need somebody like Smith AI because what if the receptionist is already on the phone? What if she goes to the bathroom? What if she calls in sick? Like there's, what if it's after hours? There's so many examples I can give of when the phone might go unanswered or go to voicemail. Um, And Cleo had this interesting Thing. I'm sure you're very familiar with this because you know everybody. Everybody who needs to use it as a selling point knows this metric. But Clio in their 2019 Legal Trends report, I think it was 2019, maybe it was 20, yeah, 2019. Um, in that report, they they basically did this study where they they made, they represented themselves as somebody seeking legal services and they contacted 2,000 law firms. And of those 2,000 law firms almost, uh, I think it was something like 65%. So about two thirds of the law firms either never called back from the initial contact, never answered the phone, never answered the phone, never called back from a voicemail left or never called back after the initial discussion, which is mind boggling, but it highlights the fact that you don't need to worry about separating yourself from the competition. All you need to do is actually carry on a conversation until you get the client to sign. Because everyone else is dropping the ball along the way, and you know, and, and what that's that's really what's crazy about it is, marketing should be a focus, but only if you have a system in place, which is easy to do. Um, have a system in place to make sure that that phone gets answered, that that conversation gets started, and that you have a follow up sequence after that email, phone, and make sure that that you keep that person engaged all the way to them becoming a client. Um, so, real quick. If you want to check Smith AI out, go to um, www.smith.ai and just put in um, promo code ProfitLaw100 or let them know that uh, you have promo code ProfitLaw100. That'll save you an extra $100 off. They give a free trial. Um, but you'll also get $100 off from that. Um, but let's go back to this, to this conversation because I think this is really good. If somebody... Has holes in that process. Where do they get started? Should they be fixing that before they start focusing on marketing? Should it be something that happens simultaneously? What's your view uh, when you meet with somebody and it becomes apparent that they're just a mess? Well, where do you, where do you go with somebody like that if you want to you want to do right by them? Uh, you want to get them as a client, but you know that's not you don't really focus on the post lead portion of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that post lead portion has definitely been a talking point internally. You know, um, I try not to tackle too much at once because I think it dilutes everything else that I'm doing. Um, and you're, you are 100% right about someone answering your calls at all times. I mean, if you just think like from a very basic level, how do you shop for a service on Google? You go, you search, you click ads, or maybe you don't click ads, and then you just call or you fill out forms and then you just go to the next one. And if you're a caller and firms do get a lot of inbound calls, then if no one answers, you're not calling that person back. They're they're dead to the consumer. And it's, you know, regardless of the time of day, you know, I I've definitely spoken to attorneys where they said, hey, you know, I, you know, I'm not gonna answer my phone at night or on the weekend, and you should not. That makes a lot of sense. But they want to grow at the same time. And I think that having someone with 24 hour phone coverage not only allows you to pick up leads, but allows you to focus on the work that you're doing so that you're not distracted by clients or like you see it come through on your. Uh, Call caller ID and you're like, oh crap, I got to do this thing. Like it's a whole psychological game too. Um, But anyways, back to your question, if someone, for us, if someone um, doesn't seem to have strong intake and for us, that's primarily, uh, you know, live phone coverage and then a follow-up sequence, we will will probably just pass on the opportunity and, and just tell them, hey, you know, when calls come in and they're missed that, you know that costs us money and it costs you money and it's not going to work. It's it's not going to be successful long-term. So here are some companies that we recommend to get that in place if you want to grow. And honestly, I've just found that we're not an agency that takes on every single client that comes our way. There are certain practice areas we don't take on. We don't do a lot of like P2B law because of our structure. Um, You know, there's certain volumes that we need in order, I mean, sort of volumes, but we, we don't take everybody because if it's not going to be a fit, it's just like painful for I've I've had my agency for 12 years. I know what a good client agency fit looks like. It's painful for me. My team hates it. The attorney hates it. Just everybody hates it. Why do something that everybody hates, right? So right. agencies are, are not typically very good at that. I think a lot of them are young and maybe a little too focused on the revenue, but long-term from a psychological and happiness perspective, I think it's really important for everybody involved.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because if you think about it, it's like I, here I'm putting in all this effort to make you successful, and you know, I'm I'm delivering everything to you and with would gift wrap with a bow on it, and you're literally taking it and throwing it in the trash, and that you know, so how how many times can you do that um, and still continue on? So that makes a lot of sense, absolutely. All right, so let's switch gears um, now and and um, talk about in general. I, you you had mentioned that you're doing about half um, Google PPC or Google Ads. And then the other half, you're doing Facebook ads. Um, so I'd lo- I'd like to go down both of those roads. We'll do one at a time. Uh, sure. Google PPC. Uh, my understanding is is that there are certain practice areas where it's highly competitive. In that the leads are extremely expensive, and you, you need to really make a, a financial commitment if you want to if you want to if if you want to go that route. Um, and then there's, there's others where you know, perhaps it's less expensive, but maybe there's less search volume. So which attorneys, you know, which practice areas should be considering PPC um, and, and how, you know, how do they evaluate whether uh, it's the right fit for them? It's the right place for them to be looking for, for new clients. Finding amazing employees is the toughest job for any business and especially for a law firm. You deserve to be the law firm owner you've always wanted to be, but you can't get there without a great team. Get Staffed Up helps you build your all-star team by staffing your law firm with incredible full-time offshore virtual assistants. Work with Get Staffed Up to save money and your biggest resource, time, while they find you the best English-speaking VAs in the world. Hashtag delegate your way to freedom to learn more Go to profitwithlaw.com forward slash get staffed up. Profitwithlaw.com forward slash get staffed up. Thanks to our sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior virtual receptionist service for small businesses. They specialize in working with solo and small law firms. I discovered Smith AI a couple of years ago and was blown away by the range of services which are available at a cost any attorney even those of you in the smallest solo practice can afford. Their friendly receptionists respond to potential clients in English or Spanish, screen and schedule new leads, and even take payment for consoles. The best part is, they don't just handle these conversations by phone. They also have live agents and chatbots capturing leads on websites and via text message. If there's one growth hack to your practice, this is it. Smith's friendly gatekeepers can staff your front lines. They'll capture new leads, While you work, uninterrupted, you can finally have the peace of mind that while you're working, you're not missing out on future work. Plans start at just $210 a month for calls and $140 a month for chats. They even offer a totally free chatbot, so there's no excuse. Try Smith AI today and see for yourself why attorneys like Justy Nickel in Colorado say Smith AI receptionists are the secret to business growth and client happiness. Smith AI offers a free trial and podcast listeners can get an extra $100 discount with promo code ProfitLaw100. That's ProfitLaw100. Sign up and learn more at www.smith.ai. Trust me when I say,
1: don't let another day go by. Try Smith AI. I think uh, I think the evaluation process is the math, game, the math conversation that we've talked about, and you know everything backs into the retainers. So, you know, if someone's talking to marketing companies, talking to PPC agencies, and they're like, hey, you know, tell me about your services. It's like, okay, well, you know, what's a cost per click look like? Oh, it's twenty dollars for bankruptcy. Okay, like what's a landing page convert at? Well, you know, they might convert it like you know ten percent for Easy Math. Okay, that's a two hundred dollar lead. Um, well, it's higher intent. So I might close like one in five of those, like that's a thousand dollar lead for bankruptcy or a thousand dollar case for bankruptcy, which is pretty high. Like most bankruptcy attorneys are, you know, charging $600. So then it's just like, all right, what are those variables like need to be changed in order to improve that, that result? So you could bring down the cost per click. Um, Let's say you bring it down to um, $15, then it shaves off 25%. Then you increase your close rates to 15%. So, as far as evaluation goes, like those are the types of questions that I would ask, which is the, the marketing company, what's the cost per click? What's the landing page conversion rate? What's the cost per lead? And this is what I think my close rate's gonna be. Those four things, click, conversion rate, cost per lead, and then close rate. Because those outline the entire funnel. If you create a very basic spreadsheet with just those four metrics, you can basically see where your breakdown is and just kind of try and talk to other attorneys and find out their industry norms. You know. Um, And then as far as uh, uh, practice areas that I like on on Google, I really like divorce because divorce is super high intent. Um, A lot of times cases are between five and 10,000. Someone looking for a divorce attorney is probably going to get divorced. And it's just a really, and then then we can see leads, you know, like right now, for example, um, we price divorce uh, at $175. And that's a but, but it's a high intent lead. And we find people typically closing cases for maybe around like a thousand or something, and they might be making $5,000 or more on the case. And so those economics work out really well. Um, we're seeing criminal defense do really well, but stuff like personal injury, it's like, man, there's a lot of money in that game. And, um, we don't even play in that space on this model because there's just so much risk in it, to be honest. Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: are there any practice areas that just don't do well on Google pay-per-click? I know you said personal injury is something you don't play with, um, but what about something where it's not consumer uh, purchasing? So for example, if you're like a business attorney, uh, where you do something like um, uh, maybe trademarks is consumer facing, but uh, you know, maybe, maybe you do, um, uh, you know, something more, uh, you know, mergers and acquisitions, things like that, Mm -hmm. where, Typically, you would think that those attorneys are going to be coming through, you know, much more likely coming through referrals, handshakes, stuff like that. Somebody's not sitting on Google searching for an attorney for that, uh, or at least you would think, um, you know, for that particular solution. Uh, is 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 that is it is it is it safe to say that most likely you want to have your target client be a consumer if they're going to be searching on Google for the solution?
1: I, in my other agency, Paracor, we do B2B marketing there. And the way that I look at it is I look at, (laughs) I look at is the higher the ticket price, like the harder it is to advertise on Google. And that's sort of like sort of an off the cuff, like really broad stroke. But yeah, I mean, mergers and acquisitions, business law, trademarks, I think, I mean, that is really B2B in my opinion. I mean, there are consumers out there that are filing trademarks, but, you know, not as much. Those those are for, A, they're, they're really big hits. So they're like high risk, high reward. So you might be spending, you know, mergers and acquisitions. You could be spending a ton of money every month, but you're not really getting the right client fit. And then all of a sudden it hits and they make $300,000. on it something. Right. So B2B is more relationship-based. I w- We don't do a lot of B2B marketing for um, attorneys at all. I actually don't think we do any right now. And I tend to shy away from it because of those reasons. And the search volume is yeah. a lot lower too. I mean, you know, if you're spending... in ads on criminal defense, you can make changes and see those changes occur on a weekly basis and really optimize a campaign. And the client can see changes and everyone can like, there's like momentum and energy behind it. If there's not a lot of search volume because mergers and acquisitions, they're just not compared to other consumer products. It's kind of a longer road. It's a more sophisticated type of marketing too. Now, what if, what about an attorney that
0: works in a, in a market where it's just a smaller market? So you know, where divorce is a perfect place for you to play for Google PPC, but what if they're serving a, a, a rural community? Is not that many people living there, um, and and you know, or for whatever reason, search volume is not where you know where you would think it needs to be for them to get enough clients through it? Um, is that something that you look at in your initial evaluation process um, and, and what, what, what do you advise people where you think that search volume might be too low for them to actually see results?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, low search volume is low search volume. You're in a small market, there's not a lot of people searching. That's just the fundamental economics of that marketing campaign. What we've actually found over the last year is we've had a couple of clients that are in low volume service areas and our model has worked surprisingly well for them because most marketers don't really want to touch a campaign for less than a thousand dollars a month in management because of the amount of time they put in. And then you know, then the attorney has to spend two or three thousand. But if it's a low volume market, that's cost prohibitive. So for us, if we're tackling a low volume market, let's say we're generating 10 leads at you know, $150 a lead. You know we're making a margin on that. We are not spending an incredible amount of time optimizing that campaign because we can't. But at the same time, the attorney is getting 10 leads, and they're not paying. We're not making a thousand dollars on that campaign. We're just not. Our margins are. That's not how our margins work. So, but at the same time, we've set up a campaign that works and flows, and we can kind of like let it be. And I will acknowledge to the client, we are not spending a bunch of time on this campaign, but it's performing for you and it's performing for us. And it's a low volume campaign. And if you're happy, we're happy. And let's rock and roll. We're not going to spend a ton of time optimizing because it doesn't, we can't make any money doing that. Right. So it's it actually, it actually does work for really small attorneys and low volume markets because uh the lower economics tend to work really well. But again, then you run into that kind of conversation around their intake and and that. But that aside, the marketing economics work out really well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So is there, that leads me to another question. Is there a client that's too small or is, you know, if they're willing to to invest in, in PPC, your model will allow you to work with them regardless of, of whatever they're,
1: you know, they're willing to invest on or, uh, you know, spend. Yeah. We typically, we typically uh, have a 30 lead minimum commitment just to kind of ensure that there's a level of commitment on both sides. And then if it's in a low volume market, that might be delivered over two months instead of a month. But I have a a gentleman right now that does a very specific type of uh, immigration and he buys $50 leads, 25 leads at a time. I think it takes me a month to deliver those leads. We don't really mess with the campaign, but it's performing and he's investing, you know, whatever that is, $1,250 a month. Um, we make a margin on it. He's making really good, he actually he makes incredible money on that, something like 10 to 1 it's wild because it's very niche and it just works. And that's been a that's been a really cool byproduct of the of the structure because I don't feel compelled to spend 10 hours on his campaign because I can't, nor can any other marketer. They just would not do that.
0: And if he's uh, seeing results, why does he he doesn't care how much time you're spending on it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, don't mess with it. Yeah, exactly. And that's where the performance is lost, right? You know, we can have, you know, a decent return on the amount of time we're investing, which is not a lot of time, and not an incredibly high dollar amount return. And he has a good return on the amount of money he's investing. And so our incentives are aligned, we both want. If I had to charge him a thousand dollars a month, you know, in this case, he would probably still have a good return, but it's just a different thing. Now let's switch gears
0: to Facebook for a moment. So um, Facebook is different. Uh, you know, and and I'm not telling you anything new, but for our listeners, um, you know, Facebook marketing, Facebook advertising is interruption based marketing. It's not the consumer you had said before that they show intent. So when somebody's searching on Google, they're showing intent for or for a need for your service. So that's, you know, that's why Google pay per click. It's more expensive, but it's also more direct. And and you know that you're solving a problem that somebody has Um, on Facebook you basically need to just put out there hoping that you're catching, you're casting a net and hoping that you're getting in front of eyeballs that will resonate with whatever it is that you're sharing. So what I want to ask you is, um, are you uh, handling all of the design of the Facebook campaign structure? What is the attorney's involvement in and how far back in the client journey are you looking when you start that Facebook campaign? Is it just Kind of like running TV spots, um, but on Facebook, or is it mo- much more intentional with specific content that when somebody engages with that, they then get retargeted with something else? Like how 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 do you handle the Facebook side of it? Because it's it's a totally different animal than than Google pay per click.
1: Yeah, totally different game, one hundred percent. In all of our campaigns, our clients don't really have to do anything. They do approve the ads, and and we do build a landing page specifically for them. So. There are, there's, there are tons of lead gen companies that run leads off of third-party lead generation brands, and then they sell the leads to attorneys. You know, our model in some ways reflects that with guaranteeing a price per lead, but really we're a PPC agency. We build a landing page that's branded for the attorney. And then, so it means that the lead is clearly exclusive to them. And there's some sort of association between the conversion and then the follow up, the follow-up and outreach. So on Facebook, and this is just, you know, I'm just going to tell you what worked best for us. So, if anybody out there is running Facebook ads, is what works best. This is what we've seen work best. Uh, you have to run it to a, a practice area that is not time sensitive to a large degree. So, bankruptcy, you know, divorce, um, those types of practice areas. If it's something like very time sensitive, like criminal defense, it doesn't really work, right? Because you don't know like when to time it. A lot of people do personal injury on Facebook, but even then, probably YouTube is a better channel for that. And on these campaigns that are more um, not time sensitive, you run to a landing page and then we use a quiz on the landing page. And the biggest mistake that people running Facebook ads make is they run ads to a landing page with a form that says, put in your information and hit convert. And like, nobody wants to do that. This is just, I will tell you here, if you change your landing page to a quiz based landing page, your conversion rates will probably go up 50%. And you ask the exact same questions. You actually ask more questions because you say, you know, are you considering bankruptcy? Yes. Um, how much debt? Roughly, how much debt are you in? This amount. You know, are you employed? No. Great. You qualify for a bankruptcy consultation. Enter your name, phone number, and email. And, I mean, we generate very low cost per leads with just that strategy alone. So, and what's the- getting them virgin- to click
0: on the ad in the first place? Like what? Like, w- what's the messaging around the ad? Is it just? Hey, are do you, you are you wondering if you're if you're able to, if you're eligible for bankruptcy? Like what?
1: Yeah. See, I think you- people overcomplicate marketing, like with retargeting and all this stuff. And like it's because marketing people are out there saying that it's complicated. And it is complicated, but it's it's also simple. Um, once you find something that works, I'm just like telling your audience what works. That that's what works for us. We run those campaigns. And it's just, hey, if you consider bankruptcy, lost your job due to COVID, blah, 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 whatever, right? Like hook them with something like that, wages being garnished. And you got to be careful with, I mean, your ad might get disapproved if you go into employment stuff, but um, then they click it and then they convert. Now, the quality of these leads is way different than a Google lead, right? So if you get a Google lead for 150 bucks and you get a Facebook lead for 30, that's great The cost per lead lower, but you got to follow up with that person a lot. You have to spend a period time following up with that person, and so, again, on the intake, there's not a team literally following up and calling that person almost forever for bankruptcy, because if they're considering bankruptcy today, there's a good chance of filing bankruptcy sometime in the next year.
0: Right. But they might not be ready. And and, it, and, and and I mean, the bankruptcy attorneys are listening because they're going to be shaking their head. It might not be in their best interest to rush to declare bankruptcy. Right. There, there are steps to take in between. To delay the process, which, you know, which I mean, some sometimes you have to default for a certain amount of time before you can even be eligible. Um, so that is a longer process. Um, but I I think it's important to understand that you know, these are people who did not have intent. They were not actively seeking a solution. You passively came in front of them and said, Hey, I've got a solution for you. And now they're there's they're like, Oh yeah, I do have that problem. But their level of urgency to getting the problem solved is probably a lot lower than the person who was searching on Google for the solution, uh, which is why that might take longer because, yeah, you've now given them the solution, but you haven't created the urgency for them.
1: That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And bankruptcy in particular definitely falls in that category. And, you know, we hear bankruptcy attorneys all the time saying like, oh, yeah, these leads from three months ago are converting. And it's just, it just takes up it it can take that long for a Google lead, too, but, you know, you take a bankruptcy lead and you probably add three months to the close time, a, a Facebook lead, because add three months because they're just, they're just, they're, they're curious, they're wanting to know, they're clearly in financial trouble, you know, but what does that exactly mean and are they ready to actually pull the trigger? off? Right. So...
0: As far as your pricing structure to law firms, do you typically charge less per lead for on the Facebook side?
1: Yeah, we do, yeah. And we'll talk about where we're advertising. So again, we are not, we don't consider ourselves lead generators from a like buying leads perspective. We consider ourselves a PPC agency that collaborates, our clients approve the landing page. But we do reserve the right to, you know, reject suggestions so if someone says i want to give away a free ebook on this page you know or whatever it's like um you know that's you you can do that and it'll actually lower your cost per lead but you're not going to close the deal because like you're building an email nurture sequence you're not building a lead gen funnel and so right. i will have that conversation like, ebooks are really common conversation that i have and i typically suggest that they don't do it at least in this model you know maybe mm-hmm. a separate campaign for that um, right. but yeah, right. We'll talk- and, and it's a question of which, what are you doing?
0: Are you building your brand and, 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 a, you know, and, and long-term followers or, or are you building, or are you looking for clients? Right. If you're looking for clients, then, you know, you should be having a campaign that's very specifically trying to drive leads of people who are interested right now. Very good points that you're making. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued with, with what I'm hearing.
1: Yeah. And, you know we'll. I'll I'll find also that, you know, like staying on the topic of bankruptcy, most bankruptcy companies that are of any size are running a large number of Google ads. And so I'll contact them and they're like, well, you know, we're already doing well on Google. And then we'll say, well, what about Facebook? And they're like, we've never been able to crack Facebook. We haven't been able to. And Facebook and bankruptcy are not exactly an easy combination because Facebook has restrictions on the special category of credit. Will shut down ad accounts, and it's a very
0: and you're not al- you're not allowed to talk about somebody's financial p- situation. You're not allowed you're not allowed to to do anything that's going to make them feel badly. So you have to be so careful with what you're saying and um, yeah. how you're couching it and what your questions you're asking. Absolutely,
1: it's a dicey area. And you know, one thing we've tried to do is um, we are experimenting with uh, like an automated lead follow up system after lead has been nurtured a bit by the law firm. And maybe they were never getting in contact with them. So we call them dead leads. Lead comes in, they call them consistently for two weeks. If they haven't been able to get a hold of them, they can send those leads back to us. And for a price, we run them through an automation system that auto dials the lead and auto text them. And then mm-hmm. we'll try and auto connect for inbound phone calls. And you need particular language in order to do that for, you know, cause they're robo dials. But you do have a period of a couple months where you can, uh, run the automation because they've opted in and they've agreed to receive the communication. And then it takes the a off your sales team because you're kind of in an automated fashion working on a dead lead.
0: Yeah. Very, very interesting. All right. So I, you've got me sold. Um, somebody who's not doing any marketing at all. Yeah. Yeah how do they make the decision to get started to have a phone conversation with you to, you know, like um, if they're not spending money at all on leads right now, um, deciding to open up their wallet and, and try this to see if it can actually move the needle for them on, on bringing new business in through the door. Um, what's the, what's the time frame they should anticipate? What kind of um, uh, cash in the bank, investment should they expect to make before they start to actually see revenue come through the door?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the, the timeline looks, you know, when someone's interested, we have a, a short phone call. It's typically not that long or our, our um, model is not that complicated, but it's a little bit different. So explain the model, kind of explain how it works. And then we have a, a 30 lead minimum that we want someone to commit to on a monthly basis. So again, if it's a, you know, if it's a hundred dollar lead, that means that we're paid $3,000 up front because we're incurring ad spend costs. The Majority of that money is going to Google or Facebook, depending on where we're advertising. So they sign an agreement, they make payment. And then we build the campaigns internally on either platform and their landing page generally within seven days. We have landing page software that we use that duplicates landing pages. Uh, we duplicate campaigns internally. And I'm not going to pretend like we're creating a custom campaign for every bankruptcy attorney we work with nor does any other PPC agency, if they're pretending they are. They're just copying and pasting campaigns too. Of course. Um, so <laughs> they all like to make it sound like, oh, well, your location is different. But we, um, we then build the campaigns internally, and then we start running the ads. And We usually start the ads in about seven days if there's consistent communication back and forth. And then they start seeing leads either right away or you know, within a few days. We, we generally see Google taking two weeks to kind of ramp up. And um, I'm not sure why it takes so long to kind of ramp up a new campaign, but we usually see about two weeks. So from
0: start to finish within four weeks, they should be getting leads through the door.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. from phone call, like if it's moving along in a reasonable fashion from the initial phone call, they should be getting leads within about four weeks. And we don't play a, you know, I, I often hear people say, oh, the marketing company needs a six month agreement because they need three months to optimize the campaign and I need to spend $5,000 a month. It's like, we don't do any of that. It's like, first of all, if they do legal marketing, they don't need three months to optimize the campaign. I don't know why they're saying that, um, but you know, you don't you don't need that much time. Like you should already kind of know what works, take the stuff that you use and that already works and apply it, but we, we don't do any of that. We just get it started. And um, even if it's a slow start the first month, again, we're not charging retainers, so they're not impacted that greatly. Right. I mean this is
0: uh, this is all very um very interesting because I'm I'm already I mean I'm thinking of a a, a a ton of clients that really you know the biggest hesitation to moving forward with marketing is this open ended oh we need you know I need to first invest $2000 a month and then I need to you know and then on top of that we have ad spend and then I need to hope it's going to work and you know, so uh, this model of, you know, guaranteeing the leads and, and knowing what your cost per lead is going to be is, is pretty incredible. So I, I know I asked this question in a different way, but I'm going to ask it this, you know, this way as well. I, I can think of some clients that are working on fixing their intake process, right? And, and their focus right now is to increase their, their conversion rate of leads through the door to clients coming out the other side. And we're focusing on increasing the amount of um, of cons- uh, consultations that they're setting, increasing the show up rate to consultation, and then increasing the close rate when they meet. Usually, typically, um, law firm owners are really good with closing clients in the meeting, mm-hmm. right? They're very often, you know, us- Maybe the reason is because by the time somebody's meeting with you in person or through Zoom, um they they already know that they want to use you. They've already investigated you to that point. And it's simply a matter of meeting you and, and finding out what your fees are and signing, right? So, but the it's before that that a lot of a lot of the you know the leads get lost where you you know, can't even get them to the consult, or once they book the consult, they actually don't show up for the consult. Um so do you have any metrics that you can say, hey, get your get your conversion rate to this percentage or this, you know, um, th- to this point and then come to me because now we can generate those leads and you can push them through your streamlined system and you're going to see results. Because I, I, you know, you said you're not going to, you're not going to deal with a client who's a mess, but how do you determine that? Is there is there a financial... Um, or or a percentage number that you look at that we can help our listeners say, hey, you've got to get your leads to convert at this rate, and then it makes sense for you to put some money behind bringing leads through the door because you kind of know what you're going, you know, what your profitability is going to be. It's a much easier investment to make or a much easier decision to make when you know those other numbers.
1: Yeah, well, definitely. And you brought up a good distinction, which is, are they building the intake or are they optimizing the intake? So building the intake is tough. It's like, you know, they maybe don't have the person answering the phones 24 seven, or they don't have anyone really following up on leads on a consistent basis. You know, lead form comes in and you call them one time and they don't answer. That is not, you know, a lead follow-up process. That's not, you know, that's not, you know, the sales part. Um, so there's not a percentage that I think someone needs to be at. I think it's more like, can they answer calls 24 seven and do they have someone to follow up on form submissions on a regular basis? Like lead comes in today, I'm going to call this person, you know, seven times over the next 10 days and what does that schedule look like? And I have like a way to kind of manage that and process it. The lower volume you can typically do it on a spreadsheet. Once you get to a higher volume, you need something a little bit different. So I would say it's not so much about what the percentage is because we can help with that. And, you know, we, we I mean, Again, just because we are really, I we are really tracking every lead, and it's being identified as this is a lead you're paying for, it's it's very easy to say, okay, well, of this sheet in March, you got 50 leads. You know, let's go back to your CRM and see what your contact rate was, and then you can start building out those, those, the, you know, the um, percentages we had talked about, you know, cost per click, conversion rate, cost per lead, retainer, and backing that pretty easily. But I would say it's more around the idea of do they have a structure in place that they're trying to improve or is there nothing in place? If there's nothing in place. Then they don't want to pay a hundred bucks for a call. They get real pissed about that. And, and I understand it. And, and they're like, I was in court and I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I totally get that, you know, we're just generating leads. So I can't predict when someone's going to call.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow. I, 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 I'm just blown away. I love the model. I love the, the simplicity of it. I love the predictability of it. Um, you know, coming from an accountant business advisory services mindset, um, working with clients um, it's always good to find a solution where you're not putting, you're, you're not carrying all the risk. Um, and I think that, that this is, has done a really good job of highlighting, you know, what's possible um i love i love what you're doing i love the mission uh and i think that there's i think there's a lot of people listening to this that are going to be like okay i got to figure out how quickly i can i can get involved with with you so um uh, yeah i i think this has been incredible uh, when i sign off we're running out of time we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this this interview when i sign off uh i, I ask you to do two things number one share with our listeners, you know, how they can get in touch with you, take the next step with you, you know, what's next. Um, and number two, if you can share one piece of advice, uh, wisdom with our listeners, uh, could have something to do with our conversation, could have nothing to do with our conversation. What would that piece of advice be?
1: That's a good question. Um, in order to get in touch, my, uh, the website is growwithprevail.com. So Prevail Legal Marketing, grow with prevail.com. And then it's just add them at growwithprevail.com. Easy email address. You can email me directly. The piece of advice that I'm going to give two because they kind of lead into each other. Um, the first one is exposing yourself to people that are doing things differently and are more successful. Every single change I've made in my business has been because, not every single one, but most have been because I've seen someone else do something differently or heard something or gotten feedback. So that's coaching programs. I'm very heavily involved in entrepreneurs organization, Um, you know, paying for coaches. I mean, I was, I mean, I paid $5,000 a month for a business coach, like paying real money to hear different perspectives. And then the second thing is I heard someone recently and I've been, uh, I wish I had known this earlier. They said, there's a better business model in your business. And for me, that is, pricing leads changing the compensation agreement structure with my clients for the exact same services because what it does it's it's the same business we run ppc um you know i think we're good at it like a lot of other companies but but just by changing the structure of how we're compensated it's it it changes the entire business model the entire um, you know again alignment with the client we do a little bit of lead generation also where we sell leads that are, are run on third-party brands, primarily in timeshare cancellation. And that's a similar type of thing where it's the same marketing. We're taking a little bit more risk, but it's the same business with a different business model and a different structure. And it, it works out better for everybody. So right. I know you mentioned earlier, the hourly billing, you know, that's probably going to be around for a while, but if there's a way to find a better business model in your business that you know, works, works better for everybody. I think that's really compelling. And um, that's a differentiator too, obviously.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, awesome. Awesome stuff. And uh, how do people follow up with you? Uh,
1: yeah, again, just hit me up at adam at com, And that's the best way to keep in touch.
0: Awesome. And well, folks, we'll link that up in the show notes. So we will, um, we'll have that, the email address. We'll also have his, uh, his website there. Uh, for you to click on, and um, we uh, we we really appreciate you being um, open and, and forthcoming with us, and really sh- oh, you know showing us the, the 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 inside of what you're doing. I think it's I think it's it, it's phenomenal. I, I kudos to you for for thinking outside the box, coming up with another solution. Uh, and definitely, we're going to see if we can uh, find ways to uh, to drive some people your way. Uh, this has been, um, I I think it's incredible. I think it's it's really a way to um, help our our law firms grow. You know, one of the things that that I think that law firms need to get good at is being able to predict the the outcome, being able to predict the future, and um and, you know and and that really takes um you know this ability to. Uh, to cap the cost, to know what your, to know what your investment's going to be. Uh, and, and you're creating that ability for them so that you're creating that ability for them to create more predictable growth, which is really the name of the game. So um, pretty incredible. Awesome. Well, folks, if this is your first uh, episode that you're listening to at the Profit With Law podcast, I'm going to invite you to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player because this was amazing, right? Um, we have shows shows like this every week. We're here twice a week every Tuesday, every Thursday. Come check us out. Tuesday, it's yours truly. I just get behind the microphone. I share with you what's on my mind, what's on my heart at the time. And sometimes it'll be really good for you. Other times, I'll probably waste your time. But on Thursdays, we have guests, and those guests always come with incredible value. Uh, every single one of them has their own expertise and experience that they're willing and able to share with you. And um, I, I'm just excited to highlight them and to bring them in front of you. So uh, hit the subscribe button so you get notified every time that we go that we go live. Uh, or that we share this, uh, a new episode with you. And uh, if you thought that this was an amazing conversation, think of a friend of yours that needs this. Think of a friend of yours that needs this, share this episode with them. Because They may not know, they may not be subscribed. They may not realize that this episode came out. They may not realize it's applicable to them. Share it with them. Let them get the value that you just got uh, by listening to this episode. And with that, I'm going to say take care. Um, It's been a real, real pleasure to have you here with us. And um, thank you. Thank you you for tuning into the Profit With Law podcast. Your feedback is extremely valuable to us as well as helping us reach more people with this valuable content. Please leave us a rating and review in your favorite podcast directory. Join us again next time when we are back with even more strategies to profit with law.